Yeah, to piggyback off of that, I've got the our helpers here passing out this week's kind of a helpful, just a outline for for what we're going through. It may help to reflect, or if you wanted to take notes at all, it may help to kind of. Was that a joke? <laughs> Pastor Jeremy has a, uh, <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so they're passing those out. I also wanted to call out that the bookstore does have copies of both the book, The Spiritual Disciplines uh, for the Christian Life, and then also a helpful uh, study guide as well. I think each of these are, are $10. They're available in the bookstore. I brought up some in the first row here, a couple copies. There are more copies than, than I brought out um, in the bookstore. I would encourage you um, to, to use it as, as supplementary um, content and information as it is kind of the the guide or structure for the spiritual disciplines that we'll be going through and and we certainly won't be able to cover all the content um, that donald whitney covers in the book so if you find this abf helpful if you find this um, the material helpful i think that i trust that you would also be encouraged and, and blessed to to go through it on your own and the benefit is if you have this if you own this then, you know, and you'll, if you read the, the, the foreword uh, by, I believe it's Jay Adams, um, you know, you'll, you'll see his recommendation to, to revisit the spiritual disciplines, revisit this book three months down the road, uh, you know, six months down the road, a year down the road to see how you're doing. Because the idea is growth in godliness. That's, that's what I love about uh, the way that Donald Whitney handles this material is it's not, you know, uh, spiritual disciplines for the sake of spiritual disciplines, but for the purpose of godliness. So um, it's a good reminder um, to revisit and see, you know, how you're doing and, and how growth in those areas are or are not. Um, secondly, I just want to dispel any, any myths or any preconceived notions. I'm not up here uh, because I've got all of this figured out. I don't. Actually, just the other day, yesterday actually, uh, my wife brought out the mirror and, and, and showed me you know, who I was, and, and I've got some, some things to change too. But I want to encourage you um, in the direction towards godliness with the idea that, uh, that we, want to, um, you know, we want to be holy as he is holy, which brings us to um, kind of a review. So um, just a couple of, well, that's the the sheet that you guys are going through, which doesn't have all my notes on it. But I did want to show you, hey, there's a sheet out there. If anyone has or wants one, it has that. Um, just to start with a couple of questions, kind of leading questions. Um, were any of you convicted when Pastor Daniel, a few weeks ago, months back, um, taught on faith without works is dead? You know, did that leave any of you feeling like there's some, some questions about the genuineness of, of your faith? Well, if, if that's the case, then you're in the right place because this, this ABF series intends to direct us towards biblical means for having confidence. Um, also, perhaps you, you, you felt a little bit of a sting uh, a few months back when Pastor Jeremy went through um, the teaching in, in, in James about um, looking at yourself in, in the mirror or getting a glimpse of your natural man and, and perhaps having a desire for change, but in the end actually not changing, not doing anything. Um, and maybe uh, going away and at once forgetting what you're truly like. If that is anyone here, then again, you, you are in the right place, in the right ABF, because uh, with this series, all of the teachers involved hope to. Um, teach on the spiritual disciplines with the goal of being more like Christ, being more godly. And then perhaps you're sitting here this morning. Uh, Jeremy, I, 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 I just want to say how sovereign God is in, in, um, in lining things up. I brought my book for James, thinking that we'd be in James this morning, but we were actually in Psalm 119. And, and praise the Lord we were, because if you were paying attention this morning, uh, Pastor Jeremy spoke very uh, directly on, on, um, on the things that we will be looking at as we consider the first spiritual discipline, which is Bible intake, which has many forms, many facets. And the two that we'll look at this morning are hearing God's word and reading God's word. 
And then next week, we'll, we'll look at um, studying God's Word, meditating on God's Word, and memorizing God's Word. And all of those uh, really um, find a central place in the book of Psalm 119. Amen? And so this morning was a, was a great um, kind of segue into this. But again, if you were sitting here this morning and, and, and you were hearing the psalmist and, and how the psalmist had faith and, and trusted through these adversities, and, and you think to yourself, man, I, I really want to have faith like that. I really want to uh, endure through trials and, and adversity the way that the psalmist has endured. Well, then again, you're in the right place. And um, because through this series, we will try to provide practical advice on how to put yourself along the common paths that, that God walks, the, the common paths to travel on towards growth and holiness and Christ-likeness, much in the same way that the psalmist did, and with the same means that the psalmist had, uh, which would be the Word of God. And that's really what, the, 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 what I consider when, when I look at this series, and, and as I read the book, what I thought was most helpful is that this isn't anything... You know, this isn't hocus pocus, right? This isn't magic wand waving. If you want to grow in holiness, God has given us means. He's given us ways to do it. And that's really all we want to highlight uh, for you throughout this series is we want you to be more like Jesus. And if you want to be more like Christ, then you can walk the same paths that he walked. And you can consider, you know, how did he combat you know, Satan in the, in the wilderness? What did he expect his hearers to know about the Word of God, and what does that mean about us? How did he spend his time in prayer or solitude um, and fasting and, and, and working um, for the ministry and for the kingdom? So really, uh, one of the things that stood out to me about this series as, as, as I um, was thinking through it and, and, and going through it is just how simple it is. Really, it's, it's all about being like Christ, right? What does Christian mean? Little Christ. We want to be a reflection, an example, a copy of what our Lord is. And, and what he did in this world isn't, isn't uh, supernatural. It's very, very down to earth and, and, and attainable for all of us here. Let's consider this analogy as we kind of segue into, you know, uh, Bible intake. Um, when I was in middle school, uh, we lived, my brother and I, he's a year older than I am, we lived a mile away from, from our home. So we walked to and from school every day. Um, on two days throughout the week, Tuesday and Thursday, we would take a different route home, a longer route home. And the reason that we did that was for the purpose of possibly encountering the ice cream man. Um, now, we didn't, you know, it, it was not guaranteed uh, that he was going to be there every Tuesday or Thursday after school, but, you know, nine times out of ten, the majority of the time, you, if you, you know, walk that path, if you went that route, that's where he was going to be, and you wanted to be there because he had the pickled sausage, and he had the Ninja Turtle ice cream uh, with all the artificial flavors, and really, it's just cold sugar, and um, it was great, though, especially in Miami, it was great. Uh, but we went that route. We walked that path. Why? With the hopes. Now, it's not guaranteed. Maybe he ran out of gas or not gas. Maybe he, he could have ran out of gas. Um, maybe he ran out of, 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 of um, ice cream. Maybe he ran out of things. Maybe he was running behind. Maybe he got caught up and, and other kids, you know, some other block away, you know, were really, you know, trying to, you know, sell him out um, and get all of his things. Maybe, you know, he, you know, had something come up that day. So it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to be there every Tuesday and Thursday around 3.30. But if you walk that path, you were going to put yourself in a pretty good likelihood of encountering the ice cream man. And you wanted to um, encounter the ice cream man. So, that's, that's an analogy, a way that I think of, um, you know, what, the, what, what pursuing the spiritual disciplines is like. It's not a guarantee that reading your Bible more, praying more, worshiping more, having, you know, solitude time, fasting, evangelizing. It's not a guarantee that, that all of those will make you more holy. You can become a Pharisee by doing those things. Amen. However... Those are the paths uh, where you can find and encounter our Lord and where he provides, as Jeremy said this morning, practical means um, for growth and practical means for change. And he's communicated as much to us, so we want to pay attention 
Um, and, and if we really want to change, if we really want to grow in holiness, we want to walk along the, the same path that, that our Lord walked when he was in this earth. And that ought to be encouraging to us that, um, that we can be more like Christ if we pursue the same paths um, in which he walked. So this class is, is, is the right class for you and for me and for all of us because we're you know, if we, if we name the name of Christ, if we, if we call ourselves Christians and we want to grow in holiness, and that's important um, just by way of review, thinking last week, or haha, <laughs> last week, that's funny, Jake, um, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, when we had our, our initial kind of review um, into this, uh, Jake brought our attention to this text, and, and I'll just read it. This is in First Peter chapter 1, verse 14 and 16. God is holy, and he calls us to be holy. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also ought to be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So we, we serve a holy God. It's an awesome thing, but it's a frightful thing because there are expectations on us, right? If he is holy, then we also ought to be holy. So he has that expectation. We're called to be holy. If you consider Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, and uh, kind of a, one of the central themes um, along this line is strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So there's, there's a, a command to, to be holy as he is holy. And there's a caution or, or an admonition, an encouragement to strive for holiness, because without this holiness, you will not see the Lord. Now, don't raise your hand, but I, I would imagine everyone here wants to, in the end, see the Lord, like our brother George White um, is right now. We want to see him. We want to be with him forever. We do not want to be away from him in, um, for eternity. Be holy as I am holy comes from the Old Testament, so it's no, no new news, Leviticus 11 reminds us of that. Also, if you've been with us for a while now, you've, you've gone through Ephesians, right? Anyone been here during the Ephesians, you know, series? Well, let me jog your memory a little bit. I know it's been a little bit of a time, since, especially since it's in Ephesians chapter 1. But listen to this. You know, what, what was the, the purpose of our calling? What was the purpose of, of, of God saving us? Well, one, at the very least, if we listen here to verses 3 and 4, uh, we'll see. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him. Every, I mean, that is a beautiful thing that he chose us in him. Why, though? Continuing on, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I forgot that piece. So before the foundation of the world, God chose each and every believer who would um, exercise faith and, and, and love in the Lord Jesus Christ. And why? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Yeah. It's important. Our, our, our conduct, what we do, our um, our putting off and, and, and putting on and becoming more uh, Christ-like, more set apart is important. And just to, you know, get some terminology out there, I'm going to use godliness, holiness, and Christ-likeness interchangeably. So don't think I'm trying to say one thing more than the other if I use one. I'll just swap those out at random almost and, um, and just bear with me but all in the effort of, of, of you know, becoming more like Christ, you know, putting off the old man and becoming um, or taking on the, the, the new man and turning away from, from those things and becoming more set apart for him. All right. So second point, or, you know, you, this is the right class for you. God is holy and he calls us to be holy. Um, how then should we strive for this holiness without which we will see the Lord? We will not see the Lord. That's kind of the lingering question, right? Um, well, it certainly is not of our own might, not of our own will, not of our own gusto. And we'll get to more of that later. I'll answer that here in a little bit. But let's first consider um, this, this idea, this reality that we see in Scripture, that what God commands, he provides the means, desire, and ability for. And what I mean by that is, is we serve a holy God, right? And he makes commands. He makes demands of us. 
He says, you ought to be, or you shall be holy as I am holy. Now, none of us here can effectively get to, 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 to that holiness without the, the work of the Spirit, without the help of the Lord. So what I mean is what God commands when he says, you ought to be holy, he will provide the means for it. Let's take a look at a few um, verses and, um, and just think about that. I'll just read them so that um, we can do our best to make time here. Jeremiah 4, or sorry, Jeremiah has this concept of, um, of changing your heart throughout the whole book. And this is actually, uh, I'm just robbing from something I've learned from Pastor Jeremy uh, back in the day. So sad he's not here. But um, if he listens, this is a tipping the hat to, to something that Pastor Jeremy pointed out to me a long time ago when I was in uh, college, is, is that God, he, he commands, he demands us to be holy. Well, here we see it kind of in a different way, but the same idea. Circumcise, this is Jeremiah 4.4, 4. circumcise yourselves for the Lord. Remove the foreskins of your heart, O men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. So he commands them, he he tells them, circumcise yourselves to the Lord, to Yahweh, and remove the foreskin of your hearts. And that just kind of hangs for a few chapters uh, before there's any resolution. Um, I remember Jeremy pointing that out. You, you go through Jeremiah, it's like, there's the command. There's the, you know, the requirement. Circumcise yourselves to Yahweh and remove the, foreskins of your, remove the foreskin of your hearts. We get a little bit of resolution and understanding of, indeed, how are we to, you know, to, to circumcise um, our hearts? In, verse, in chapter 1, verse 33, this is what it says. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares Yahweh, I will put my, my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So he says, get a new heart, get a changed heart, get a heart that is, is, is after me. Remove all of this sin and receive a new heart. I don't know about you, but if I were in Israel at that time, I'd say, ouch, um, good luck. And then later we see, indeed, what God commands, he provides the mean for. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will take the heart of stone away from them, and I will give them a heart of flesh, is I think what Ezekiel says, um, kind of paralleling the, 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 the idea here. Let's take a look at John 3. You guys are familiar with that. What does Jesus say to Nicodemus? Ye must be. I like interact. I like it. Come on. Born again. Amen. You must be born again. You can tell I first learned it in the King James. Ye must be born again. Um, He says, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Nicodemus did marvel. <laughs> he was like, uh, how can a man enter his mother's womb a second time? I just don't, that's uh, not going to work too well. Um, yeah, that's not going to work too well. And then right in the next verse, so that's verse 7. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. In verse 8, the resolution comes in. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound. You don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So you must be born again. But you will be born of the Spirit. It will be the Spirit's doing. That is uh, the, the, the uh, magnificent and miraculous way that, that it works out. Let's also consider Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. All of these are just showing that, that God has commands. He has demands and that they're impossible to, to um, follow through on without the help of the Spirit, without his, his help. Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So work out, you know, Pastor, I could hear Pastor Jeremy in, in, uh, in, in college, get to work for, because God's at work, you know. But the command is there. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will, even the desire, and the to do. 
So, in, in a mysterious way, this is, this is um, you know, how the Lord works. He, he, he does make demands and commands of us. You must be holy. But he also provides us the means and the ability and the, even the desire to um, accomplish that. So, it is, it is a, a work of the Spirit. And so then we are not surprised that growth and holiness is a gift from God. Growth and holiness is a gift from God. Consider John chapter 17, verse 17, in Jesus' high priestly prayer. He's praying to the Father, and he says something akin to, you know, make them holy or make them godly. He says, sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. So how are we going to be sanctified? Well, through the prayer of of, of Jesus. He's calling on the Father to do it, right? We are called to be holy. And what is Jesus saying? Father, make them holy. Sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. So again, what God commands, he provides the means, the ability, and the desire for. So if you're a believer here today, if you love the Lord, if you want to grow in holiness, that's a good desire. That is what the Lord wants for you. And I hope that, you know, by the end of this series, you'll have a, a number of means to pursue and things to do uh, to that end. So let's answer this question. What are the spiritual disciplines? This is all kind of still in this I- section idea of review. So this is all from a couple of weeks ago. What are the spiritual disciplines? Bible intake, prayer, worship, fasting, evangelism, serving, stewardship, and, and others. There's, there's many spiritual disciplines. And, um, and to, to echo uh, what Elder Jake said a couple weeks ago, um, you don't have to hear from him throughout this series and only, and you don't have to hear from me throughout this series only either. Praise the Lord. We have many men in this church who are equipped. Um, Jamie Cook is going to be coming up here. We're going to have uh, Jacob Moore and Lord willing also Carol Hardy. So you've got many men in this church who are equipped and, and ready and, 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 and willing to speak on um, these spiritual disciplines to help us to grow in toward godliness. So praise the Lord for that. And we've got, you know, more than just Bible intake coming up. So uh, what are spiritual disciplines? They're, 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 they're actions, right? They're things you do. So think about them like that. Don't think of spiritual disciplines as uh, something out there, but think of spiritual disciplines as something that, that we do in an effort to, you know, put our place in, in, in the Lord's place so that we might grow toward the Lord, grow in holiness and, and grow in godliness. Also, I think it's, it's good to point out, you, you hear all of this, and, and, um, and I know I've heard the argument, especially being at Simpson, that things like this, you know, being, being um, disciplined about reading your Bible, being disciplined about setting time aside for prayer, being disciplined about fasting, being disciplined about, you know, going out and evangelizing, being disciplined about setting a, some time for solitude so that you can, you know, um, give yourself a better opportunity to encounter the Lord, um, and, uh, and all those other things. Being disciplined about those things is really just what? Say it. Legalism, yeah, is really just legalism. That's an, that's an argument. And um, it's clearly, uh, you, know, you know, something that can be legalistic if you just create your check marks or your, your check boxes and you're like, did I read my Bible today? Yes. Did I do this? Yes. Um, and you think that by doing those things, you're actually gaining favor with the Lord and growing, growing closer to the Lord just by the, the, you know, the act of completing that checklist. Um, it can be that, but, but the way that, you know, we'll see it in the Bible and, and, and the way that all the men who will come up here um, and try to encourage us in that direction and give us practical help uh, will not be to the end of just you know, checking a box or, or feeling better about yourself. Like now, now you can have confidence in your faith because you, you did something. Um, but it's really all about being more like Jesus. This is not legalism when we are trying to be like our Lord, right? I remember being at Simpson College and people being all bent out of shape about how, you know, um, literally we try to take the Bible and try to understand the Bible and they just use the Bible as a guide and things like that. And they're like, man, just, you know, it's, you're just, you're just looking too much into it. It's, it's, uh, it's really not that complicated. It's more, you know, you can take from this and take from that. And, and as long as you're a good person and I'm like, look, 
I'm just trying to be like Jesus. You know, I don't know if you guys remember the argument that Jesus used when, when the Sadducees came to him and, and tried to pin him down on this whole, you know, is there a resurrection from the dead? Um, and Jesus was just like, well, have, have you not heard or didn't you hear? He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not I was the God of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. And then the whole crowd marveled, and he silenced the Pharisees, or the Sadducees, rather. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Jesus literally, he, he zeroed in on a verb tense in the Old Testament to make an argument to the Sadducees. And I'm like, I mean, Jesus seems to take his Bible pretty seriously, so I want to take my Bible pretty seriously, and I want to take it seriously to the degree that, uh, that he does so that I can be more like him. So that's not legalism. That's faithfulness. That is um, putting, putting yourself uh, along the same path that the Lord walked when he was here on this earth, and I would say that's a good thing, right? What did Jesus do? It's, you know, we think of Jesus, and we might be tempted to think that he's like Superman, superhero, you know, or um, if you guys are in my age group, like he's like Goku or some, some you know, he just ah, goes Super Saiyan and turns into like this, this super strong and powerful uh, person, and he's over to, able to overcome anything because he's now this thing that's crazy and different than us. Um, no, he, you know, he combated Satan with Scripture. Guess what? <laughs> We can combat Satan, we can combat ourselves or, or, or our own fleshly desires with Scripture. You know, it's not, um, it's not magic spells or incantations, anything crazy. It's, it's something that's accessible and, and that we can do. Um, so that's, that's not, that's not um, all that to say that this, that's not legalism. It's just faithfulness and, 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 and a desire that's a good one to be more like our Lord. Um, spiritual disciplines are a means to godliness. So that's the end. That's the goal. The goal isn't, and this is, this helps us to not be legalistic. The goal isn't like, did you read your Bible today? I read more than you, Scott. Did you know that? Oh, you're on that plan that only reads like two chapters. Yeah, I'm on the plan that reads five. Um, it's not about that. It's, it's, it's with the goal of being more godly, with the goal of seeing ourselves in the mirror and changing, doing something about it so that we can be more like our Lord. God will do the sanctifying, but he does it through means. And that's, that's just echoing something that, that we heard this, this morning, um, as Pastor Jeremy said, that God works through ordinary means. Yeah, he can work through, you know, Paul or Saul, rather, on the way to Damascus. He can work supernaturally in countering people in, in visions and, and catching them up to the third heaven. He can do that. But what does he ordinarily use? What, is, what are the means that he, he wants us to, you know, keep in our day-to-day? And it's things like reading your Bible, things like praying and, and meditating. So we'll pursue those. Let's turn to First Timothy um, and just look at chapter 4, verse 7. Um, this is really the foundation verse for the book and a very good foundation verse for us to keep in mind. So I'm going to actually, actually call on some people to read out in the audience. Um, I know that we don't have mics and stuff, but uh, actually we do. So if, if I can have someone read from something other than the ESV, I would love to, uh, to hear that. Anyone have an NASB? New American? All right. Let's get Brother Al. Uh, there you go. Um, and anyone have something other than the NASB, but also non-ESV? New King James. Let's hear both of those. We'll start with New King James. Um, actually, I'll just read the ESV, right? So that uh, since, since most of us here are probably in the ESV, and then we'll go to the uh, New King James and then the NASB. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Okay, New King James, 1 Timothy 4, 7. But reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Exercise yourself towards godliness. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And that's, that's the version, New American. I know the, is everyone laughing about the old wives or women's? 
I saw that too, and I was like, my, my ESV doesn't really bring that out. I think I need more of that right there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, at, uh, at 11.31, I'll, I'll give you more of that, my thoughts on that. Uh, actually, that's for next week. <laughs> give me some time. Um, but that's, that's the key verse, and, and that's the, not that the version that you're using matters, but um, I think Donald Whitney appreciates the way that, that it's stated in the, in the New King, or sorry, the New American Standard Version, which is discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline, action, doing something. Um, you know, we heard Jeremy, uh, you know, he, he, he sometimes mixes his sports metaphors, but I think he got it this morning, right? Um, you, you work out for a purpose, right? For, for a goal. We, we just went through the, the, um, the, uh, Olympics a few weeks back, right? And we see these amazing things that they're able to do. And we think to ourselves, man, wow, how do they do that? Well, you know, when you peek behind the, the curtain and you, you ask them or you see what goes on, thousands of hours of training goes into the ability to swing on a bar and, and land on your feet and not on your face. Um, and to make it look kind of good while you do it, you know? Um, so, so, so discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. I think of, uh, you know, my own experience um, wrestling in high school, and I, I, I know whether we had a great practice or whether we had a terrible practice, after every practice, what was our coach going to do? He was going to do some conditioning and then some, you know, some live wrestling after we've conditioned ourselves. And why, why did he do that? I mean, we all, we all dreaded it in a sense because we knew it was coming and, and you know, sometimes, sometimes he would give us off because he's, he's gracious and kind. But, um, but, you know, by and large, why were we, you know, doing up-downs and running and doing all these things to get our heart rate up and then trying to, you know, wrestle someone at the end of that um, is to, to mimic what it would look like in the real, real match. Right? You're not going to come into the match fresh and, and just, you know, oh, I feel great. And I'm just, you know, ready at the third period to, to take this guy down and to, or to keep him down or, or whatever the, um, the situation was. But our coach did that because he wanted to discipline and train us. And he wanted us to be ready so that when we face the real world um, um, situation of being exhausted almost to your end and still being required to, you know, to think and to do and to perform something. Um, he, he did that so that we can be trained and disciplined in that, in that effort. Likewise, we ought to train and discipline ourselves to hear God's word and to read God's word so that we can meditate and know God's word so that when the situations and the opportunities for, um, you know, sin come up, we have a, a Bible verse ready on hand to combat this desire. Or, or if we have a friend who's struggling with something, um, you, you're not like, oh, man, I know there's a Bible verse for you, but... Uh, Ooh, ah, man, I don't even know what word to start looking for. You know, we can have a verse on hand uh, to encourage a brother or sister or an unbeliever um, in an effort of evangelism. So train yourself, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And um, just take a, if you're still in, well, I'll I'll read if you're not there. Um, That was verse 7, right? Paul urges Timothy, this is young Timothy, he's trying to, you know, um, give him some encouragement in his, in his ministry, and he says, train yourself, devote yourself to, um, to the purposes of, of godliness. And then a little bit further down, he also says this in verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, and to exhortation, and to um, teaching, but, but he starts with the public reading of Scripture. And that's a good transition for us to first consider um, the, the first discipline for us to take on and, and, and to, to look at and to do something with, which is hearing God's Word. Now, everyone here was here this morning and is here now. So you can, if you're, if you're a, a, a taskless person, you can check off the first two points. You, you're here at the church. Uh, you know, hearing the sermon Sunday morning, and you're also at an ABF. So those are, those are two good, good opportunities and recommendations that I would give for hearing God's word. But let's, 
you know, talk about them a little deeper. Becoming a member of a church, that is so important um, with the consistent hearing of God's word, because if you're anything like me, I can be extremely selective and picky when I get to choose what I'm going to listen to. You know, I'm going through my phone on YouTube and I'm like, oh, that's a, uh, a message on humility. I'm like, well, I'm pretty good in that area, so let me just keep scrolling and looking. You know, uh, as Allison will tell you, that's, 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 that's not the case. And um, so thank you for the mirror. And um, at any rate, you know, if, if, if it's up to us, we will avoid the areas where, where God is calling us to grow. Um, we can anyway. Um, so becoming a member of a, of a church and hearing, you know, a message, a sermon preached each Sunday morning is great because you don't get to pick and choose. And praise the Lord that we don't have pastors who, and elders who think that it's, it's, it's the best thing for us to just have topical things. Like we'll talk on this topic, we'll talk on this topic. We go through, the, through a book and one of the, the, the inevitable things about going through text by text, exegetically through a book, is what? You're going to encounter something that you might otherwise avoid if you had it your way, if you were being selective and picking and choosing. So sitting you know, under um, our, our, our teaching on Sunday morning is a great, so don't overlook that. I know that you were here this Sunday morning, but, but don't overlook that. Encourage others in that. Encourage your children in that as you, as you raise them up. Um, we certainly try to do that with the youth as well. Like, you know, you're, you're going off to college. What church are you going to, you know, attend? And that's not a side question. That's like a, you, you ought to be thinking about that now before you, you know, pick a, pick a college. Have a, have a place where you're fed and where you're held accountable. So become a member of a church. Also attend an ABF, right? Um, they're, they're not only additional opportunities to hear God's word. Um, but it's also uh, something that our elders have um, stood behind and, and, and strongly recommend. So um, there's a reason that they, they recommend that unless you've, you know, you just be thinking to yourself, do I, have a, do I have a really good reason not to attend an ABF? Well, then, then I ought to attend an ABF. You know, my elders think that there's, there's wisdom and, and good in that. Um, and you'll hear, again, God's word, you know, whether you're in Dave Lample's ABF, which... Allison and I normally are. Allison, Josiah, and I. Josiah, I, Josiah. Um, um, and we, you know, we're in Dave Lample's ABF, or you're in this ABF here um, for uh, the the overview of the, the 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 sermon overview, or some other ABF that pops up from time to time. You're going to get uh, more dose of of hearing God's word, and that's a good thing. Attend a small group Bible study. Um, here soon, we'll have the sign up. For, or at least the information, I should say, on the, the small groups. So in the fall, I'm not sure exactly when um, it'll be in the bulletin or, or, or out in the foyer, but we'll have the, the information on the small groups that are up and the Bible studies that are going on throughout the week. And praise the Lord that we have many opportunities to get into God's Word and to hear God's Word together. Um, another kind of encouragement is to redeem your time by, by listening uh, to God's Word. There's, an, there's a lot of opportunity that I've experienced um, to listen to God's word either during my commute to work and from work or, you know, while working out or, um, or, or a number of things that we've even gotten to the habit of if we're going to be as a family taking a trip somewhere of any, you know, substantial amount of time, you know, we'll just listen to, you know, a chapter or two or a book of the Bible. You know, instead of listening to Audible or, or Redwall, you know, some, some other book that, that our kids are, are engaged in at the moment, um, we'll, we'll turn on and, and listen to the Bible. And it's great. The kids are getting an opportunity to sit quietly and, and just hear God's word. And, and, um, and it's powerful. So you can also, yeah, you can, you, can, you can do that as well by redeeming the time that you spend in kind of mundane things. I wouldn't recommend listening to it if you're like doing something active. Um, and uh, I think that, uh, that, you know, sometimes we can be distracted. Like, you know, I, I tried listening to the Bible or listening to sermons while I was working, but I'm so engaged in, 
and you know trying to think through this code that I'm working on that I re- it was really just not worth it at all. It wasn't profitable at all. So you know consider that, um, and and I think that's the next point is just remember you know what you're listening to. It's living and active. It's the word of God, and it's meant to you know to to instruct and to 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 train and to help us to grow. So allow yourselves the opportunity when you're hearing God's word to to be able to engage with it, to chew on it, to meditate on it. So it may mean that you don't do it when you're doing something that's uh, that's otherwise um, you know distracting. Allison will listen to to um, things while she's making a meal. Perfect opportunity. You're doing something that's kind of you know um, rote and 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 something that you've done over and over again. So you have an opportunity to kind of do it without and and still retain um, what you're doing. So then the question as we consider the first spiritual discipline, which is hearing God's word, that's the easiest one, right? Um, Hearing God's word. The question is, what will you do to discipline yourself to hear God's word? There's many opportunities and, and, and resources out there, and I'll get to that at the end, but be thinking now, there's, there's the mirror. There's some opportunity for, for, for reading God's word, hearing, or sorry, hearing God's word. We're getting to reading God's word. What will I do what steps will I take? What actions uh, will I do in order to hear God's word more? Well, again, like I said, being part of a, a church is a good one. So many of you already are there and being in an ABF is a good one. Small group, all of those things. What other steps, if any, can you take to hear God's word more? Second one is reading God's word. Reading God's word. So hearing God's word is one thing. Um, reading God's word. Now, reading, you know, Pilgrim's Progress or Chronicles of Narnia or, you know, some book by John Piper or, or another author is great, but that's not reading God's word. So I just want to, you know, start the, the idea about, you know, what is it? What does it look like? What can we do to read God's word more? It's not reading things like that. Those are good, and we should be reading those things and, and many other things if we are able. But it does not substitute for the actual source, the, the, you know, the reality that, that we can draw from, which is uh, God's word. Heaven and earth may pass away, as Jer- Pastor Jeremy said this morning, um, but my word will remain. So here's some, some kind of helpful pointers there, is find a consistent time and a place to read. Um, I love, I love uh, Donald Whitney's um, comment here when he says, it probably shouldn't be right before you go to bed. <laughs> I know that I was in that place a, a lot of my life, is reading right before I go to bed, which essentially means... <laughs> you know, uh, falling off before I, I can retain anything. And he's got two practical points um, with reading uh, before you go to bed. A, um, you're going to be fighting, you know, kind of being tired. And then B, you, en- you encounter very little uh, spiritual battles or, 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 or sin in your sleep, right? I mean, maybe you do, but I would suggest and that most of us experience the, the need for, you know, God's, God's word to help us do things throughout the day, not at the, you know, the nap time or sleep time. Um, so, so his, his advice is to not, I mean, it can, it can be at night, but that should not be your primary, you know, time to read God's word. Um, a place to read God's word is, um, is important too. you know, you, you, a quiet place is good, comfortable, but maybe not too comfortable, um, is, is good as well. Uh, because you don't want to be distracted. You want to be able to, you know, to, to read God's word, um, and to, to take it in, um, we'll get on meditation um, next week, like meditating on God's word. But, but just thinking this week, like, you know, you have a Bible reading plan and you're going to read. You're not going to sit and dwell too much on, on one, although if you have the time, you can knock out two birds with one stone and do that. Um, but you want to sit and you just want to take in God's word so that you, you are familiar with it, you know it, you understand it. Um, have a, a, a pen and paper close by. Oh, actually, well, more on the, the, the reading location and time. Um, I've tried to do it from like my, my home office. That's not good. I just end up doing work. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, ding, you hear some, 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 some you know, noise you know, from an email or, or something that you got for work, and you're like, 
oh, what's that? Okay, you know, and so you end up actually not reading God's word. So maybe as a you know, recommendation that that would not be the best place. Uh, have a pen and paper close by. Again, next week we'll get into, you know, meditating and memorizing and studying God's word. Um, but however, you know, um, having a, a pen and paper close by is great. I mean, we used to do this, and I'll, I'll get to this more later about our, our uh, Bible reading group at Simpson. But I would just write, like literally I would encounter something, and I'm like, oh, I would just write the verse down and then uh, come back to it later. Yes, Lee? that's a good point i hadn't thought about that yeah you can kind of close the door on a distraction by saying all right i've got it down i won't i'll, I'll address it later now i can get back to god's word amen um, yeah, just having it down. You can, you can underline as you're in your Bible, so having a pen is uh, good for that. Or you could just write the verse down or the reference down and be like, hmm, I want to chew on that more later, but I want to also you know, get through the rest of this because maybe it'll be answered later or maybe it'll become more clear as I continue reading. Um, so have a pen and paper close by. Um, and then my, my final or, or one of my uh, final um, recommendations is to read a physical Bible. Read a, a real physical Bible. Um, it's not impossible to do your Bible reading on your phone or your tablet. It's just more distracting, right? It goes back to like, you know, you're reading your Bible on your phone, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I wonder if the dolphins are winning. Nope, they're losing. And then you are <laughs> discouraged, and you don't remember anything because the dolphins are losing. <laughs> um, and then also you could just get caught up in other things, you know. Um, so read a physical Bible with less distractions, the opportunity to underline. And there's just something uh, kind of beautiful about like, and I've done this many times in my life, like, man, I, you know, I'm talking to someone and I'm like, man, I, I don't know the reference, but I know that it's on this part of the page on the right page. So I just start flipping through and lo and behold, I mean, this isn't great, but at least I get to it. And I'm like, oh, that's it right there. You know, and all I know is the, the, the location of the text. Like I, I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't even search up the, the exact words to really hit, you know, where it is. And I wouldn't know which epistle it was in anyway, uh, you know, sometimes. And I'm like, I'm just flipping through. I'm like, bam, that's, that's it right there. Um, and so having a physical Bible is, is helpful in, in that sense. Um, also, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged, uh, you know, as you read your Bible. Um, go through and, um, and, and, and make it through the, the tough parts. And yes. I was just going to encourage you. As someone who's uh, been living with this for a long, long time, I would... Uh, Okay, okay, I'm just put it this way. I'm old, I can help. Some great yet old. Don't treat your Bible like some something that you can't touch or can't are afraid to write in. Uh, if you've got a thought that's addressed by a verse or or something or you want to highlight something, take your pen and write in it or or highlight it, or do whatever you want. Or write a note in the margin. Uh, in that regard, then having the smallest Bible you can find is not usually the best to doing that. Less room to write. I get it. Yeah. And uh, also, I would encourage early on buy an expensive Bible that you're going to keep for a long time. Otherwise, you can write all these notes and then find, hey, I don't want to use this ten dollar Bible anymore. And now all, the, all that gets thrown away you know, or, or set aside. And, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's more useful to, to get the one that you're going to have for a long time and, and, and make use of it. Amen. I want to respect everyone's time. I see that we're getting close. I still have more to go through, but I will have to um, address it at the beginning of, of next week. But I just want to leave you with this. Um, we have out here in front three, three um, 
stacks of, of papers. Uh, one, these are all Bible reading plans. So these are just, you know, practical ways. If you want to get into reading God's Word and you're looking for a plan, I just picked out three. One is Daily Light on the Daily Path reading plan. Maybe some of you guys are familiar with that. It's an old, um, tried and true um, version um, of a Bible reading plan, which has the idea of like brief you know, passages of scripture that are um, prominent in the Bible and, and introducing you to those, a morning and an evening segment. Um, another plan is a six-month New Testament reading plan. So it's got 182 um, different uh, reading um, chapters or sections. That's, that's a good one. It's, it's lighter uh, for those that, you know, need to build a little steam to, to get up in. Because, again, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to, you know, get into God's Word and to read it. Um, and then also there's this, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's, a, it's the one that we used in Simpson um, in our Bible reading. And it's got like a, a section, four, four sections from the Bible, um, the, the Pentateuch, the, the, the Psalms, and and the um, prophets, and then the New Testament. It's kind of, you know, those four sections. And then my last encouragement on on the bullet point is is to read together with your family, to to make this a a family thing or, or, or a group thing or something like that. Sometimes that's that's easier. You have more accountability, and you know you're you're able to talk through it, to talk about what you're reading with others, and that's a that's a huge encouragement. There's some churches that that have Bible reading plans for the church. Um, Allison uh, was reminding me of that. The George and and Joel, who uh, you know used to come here, but are now out in Idaho. Their their church has a church Bible reading plan, which is great. And and maybe you know I can convince the elders to 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 get into that because then you're able to go through a Bible reading plan and talk through it with others. And I think that that's 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 good because it it uh, allows an opportunity for you know more um, conversation and and for you know more understanding and for more growth. Uh, towards godliness. Let me close in a word of prayer, and then, um, and then we can, you know, Lord willing, uh, get back to this next week. Father, we thank you for um, this opportunity to open your word, and for the reminder that, um, that you walked this same path, that you, you grew in, in wisdom and stature and favor with, with God and with man, and, and you understood uh, the Bible, and you, you gave us a, an example of, of ways that we can grow in Christ-likeness and we can combat um, sin in this world and overcome and have victory um, over, you know, indwelling sins or things that we, we come into contact with that, that want to draw us into this world. You've, you've set a, an example for us, and I pray, Lord, that we would be diligent to take up our Bibles and to, to hear God's Word in the many ways and, and arenas where we can do that, but then also to read it for ourselves and to, um, to, to just encounter you in the Scriptures. And, and that's really the basis for our growth in so many other areas. So we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you haven't left us in the dark to just kind of pass things around um, through, through spoken um, communication, but we have the written word of God, and we can see you and behold you and, and, and be changed as we encounter um, ways in which we are not like you. Thank you, Lord, and we pray for um, our church and that we would just all grow in holiness uh, together. In your name we pray. Amen.